This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him today as we broadcast you directly from the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. We're so excited to be on location, especially for you Hampton Roads people that are just like, hey, you guys actually came and visited? We would like to meet you next time we're in town, but today we didn't get to meet you, but we get to meet some local people. I can't wait for you to get to meet them on the next several shows. You know, on the road today in Norfolk, Virginia, but Martha, why don't, I just said it wrong, Norfolk. That's what they told me I had to say. Hampton Roads. Hampton Roads. Just go with that, Jim. Well, you're I can just from pretend the... I'm back from the Northeast because that's what it's kind of like. That's what it would sound like if you're from Boston. Okay. Martha, why don't you just tell people how to connect with us online? Well, Jim, our website is iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. We would love for you to go out there and do some snooping around and see what um, social media is your favorite platform. You can check it out, link in with us, um, and just stay up to date on what's happening on the show every sunday night jim we post what's coming up this week so um we pin it to the top so people can see it and they'll know what um interviews what guests we have coming on and if they're not able to catch it live they're able to um stream in at any time so check out our website iworkforhim.com that's iwork, the number four, him.com. And we'd always love to hear you, hear your voice on our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. Like I said, we're on location here in the Hampton, Hampton Roads area of Virginia, where we broadcast every day at 10 o'clock at night on AM 1010 and FM 100.1 on The Lighthouse. It turns out after we went on the air here, we realized we had a ton of different friends that we'd already had had talked to on the road on the air and they live here in this area so we wanted to make sure that we came and visited and got caught up with a bunch of them today we're going to talk with you know well let's just say we're going to talk about a ministry we highlighted when we talked with local area legend legend that's right <laughs> nigel anderson who's incredible uh Hip hop rhythm. No, it's a hip hop artist. He. We're going to be talking to him tomorrow. But want to make sure that you guys got to hear from his. He started this ministry project called the Safe House Project, and has grown so big he had to get somebody to run it for him. And we've got Brittany Dunn with us today. So we're just so excited for you guys to hear from Brittany about the Safe House Project and how this could be multiplied across the country and around the world. Brittany, welcome to I Work for Him. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. We're excited to be on location. This is the first time we've ever been in this area of the country. And so it's fresh, it's beautiful, and going under the water is really cool. We should try that in Tampa Bay, build tunnels under the water. Maybe that would make the traffic better. I don't know. Uh, no, nice try. No? The traffic's worse <laughs> no, even when awful. you go underwater? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So here's the deal. We would like for you to tell us how you, we always ask this question of every first time guest, how did you become a Jesus follower? What's your Jesus story? Oh, what's my Jesus story? I love that. Um, I came to know Christ when I was in sixth grade. I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and I had the um, pleasure of going on a missions trip to Juarez, Mexico to build houses for the homeless down there and just really got to see um where God meets every individual where they're at. And he met me there. And it was just an incredible experience when you're with all those friends and seeing the way that um, he can take those in the humblest of circumstances and um, elevate him to their glory mm. and his glory. 
Wow, that's very, very cool. So what at what point in time in your life did you make that connection? And as you're growing older, did you make that connection between that God cared as much about your work as he cared as much about you and that, that your work outside of a four walls church or on the foreign mission field that you re- that there was no second tier jobs in the kingdom at what point in time did you realize that your work no matter what it is including being a mom is just as important as that as a pastor no absolutely um i was at college and i think leaving college you're always kind of questioning where is god going to call me what am i going to be doing next is he going to be calling you to the mission field that's fantastic and we need those people but every um, job is a mission field in itself. And so it was a time and a season where I was really praying through it with my then fiance, now husband, about where we were going to go together. And at that time, what we knew was clear is that being military, that God was calling us to that unique mission field. Um, But he has always provided for me in my work and allowed me to move and be a military spouse, but also... um, do a job that I love and I feel like he's called me to specifically. Mm. So So let's talk about that. What are you doing now on a day-to-day basis? Sure. So about a year ago, um, I joined uh, the Safe House Project team and we are a nonprofit that raises awareness about the global epidemic of sex trafficking. And more importantly, we raise funds to help support a network of safe houses that offer restorative care to uh, sex trafficking victims here in the United States. Wow. So you've got those places here in the States, but I know that Legend was also working on a safe house project in Africa. Are they related? Absolutely. Yes, they are. So our roots are come from um, a house over in Soshanguve, South Africa. What, um, say it again. What place? Soshanguve. 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 Okay. Yes. So that um, Nigel or Legend, however you refer to Let's call him Legend. You he's tell the, us what we yeah, need. That's right. He, he gets upset when I call him Nigel. I know, right? <laughs> he's like so not a Nigel. He's so a legend. Yeah. So I, what I love is that um, God took an incredible man over to South Africa to show him the need um, that they were so desperate for a safe house to provide for these kids that were single and double orphaned by the AIDS epidemic and that were at risk for being sex trafficked. Um, and then he brought that mission back here and started talking about it in the Hampton Roads area and was able to raise support to help fund a safe house down there. Uh, but what I think really God was doing with that is that he recognized that sometimes in America, we have our eyes closed to the issues that are right next door to us and that he has to take us and put us somewhere else for a time in order to really expand our vision. And so he took a humble man and one who he knew would um, follow his promptings and showed him in desperate need in South Africa. And Nigel was able to come back here and then we were able to grow and expand that to meet the domestic need. And that's a huge, it's a huge problem here in the States, just as much as it is worldwide, isn't it? It is. There will be 300,000 American children that will be commercially sexually exploited this year in the United States. Okay, so say those numbers nice and slow. Yes. 300,000 children who will be commercially sexually exploited. Yes. 300,000. 300,000. So what's the population of the town we're in right now? Good question. I don't know. Okay. But what I can tell you. <laughs> the Hampton Roads area, Virginia. It's, it's probably big. over 300,000. Yes. Mm. But for, I mean, for comparison, um, they, there will be 7,500 children that will be involved in a gun-related incident in the United States this year. So that means that your child is 42 times more likely 
to be sex trafficked this year in America than to be involved in a gun-related incident. Wow. So when you say sex trafficked, why don't you explain to the audience? And Alice, we're talking today with Brittany Dunn. The Safe House Project is the name of the project, and we want to get you guys connected with it. Safehouseproject.org, safehouseproject.org. Brittany, are you the executive director? Did you get the super title? I'm chief development officer. So you, chief, she's the chief. Legend the doesn't give her that. We're, we're going to have to talk to Legend about giving you the executive director you know, job. But for now, <laughs> chief. Chief is good. Okay. Talk to us about um, what this really looks like. What is, sure. what is uh, uh, commercially... You said you said, go ahead. Sure. Commercial sexual exploitation is, um, well, sex trafficking is the commercial sexual exploitation of an individual through fraud, force, or coercion. And whenever a child is used for commercial sex, whether that be child pornography or prostitution, it is considered sex trafficking because a child is inherently vulnerable. Right. Mm. And so this is, um, as you said, it's really a plague on America, but why? So our audience is a faith and work audience. So people sure. are talking about the intersection of their faith and their work. Yep. Why should they, why should we be talking about this on the air today? Well, there's a lot of reasons in well, my give, opinion, give us some of those but reasons. I'm going to give you all of them. No, just kidding. We would be here all day. Um, so I think, first of all, is that it's an epidemic and we mm -hmm. just aren't seeing it. Only 1% of victims are ever rescued. And so that's Ooh. the reason that we don't see 300,000 American children walking around every day. The other challenge that we have is that we are misdiagnosing um, the children that are victims of this crime through uh, because we don't know the signs we mm. aren't aware of how to um, identify it within our society so when we come back i want to talk about the rest of the reasons of why we should care because i, I got a lot of reasons too but also the, those noticing the signs that's a good thing to hit on we're, we're on location in hampton roads virginia today talking with Brittany from safehouseproject.org safehouseproject.org check it out this is something that needs to be multiplied across the country these guys are set up to help you do that you're listening to i work from his we're on location today in, Ham in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. I'll get used to saying it, but we're in one of the towns. So that's, it's four towns, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, Virginia Beach, and Norfolk. If, if you're from here, that's where you got to say it. There's that's actually seven. Seven? Okay, what are the rest of them? So you have Suffolk, Portsmouth, Norfolk, Hampton, Newport News, Chesapeake, and Virginia Beach. Nice. So it's a very big area. Which is area. why we say Hampton Roads. <laughs> That's why you say Hampton, <laughs> or the right. Hampton Road area. Well, right Thank here. you so much for having us on the air here. We That's are right. so thrilled to be able to um, see this community firsthand while we're, while we're going through. And we're on the Lighthouse AM 1010 and FM 100.1 right here in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. We're talking with Brittany Dunn from the Safe House Project. Check it out online, safehouseproject.org, safehouseproject.org. ORG. Brittany, I asked you a question right before the break about you know, why, what are some of the reasons why we should be talking about this? And then you, you mentioned signs. Like we don't even know what the signs are to even recognize whether a, a kid has been victimized and the pastor is currently being victimized. So I want to talk about both those things in this segment. So talk about why. Why should we be caring about this? Yeah. I mean, I think that as I kind of alluded to is that we have 300,000 American children and 1% are ever rescued. And the even a larger challenge beyond that is due to the lack of restorative care facilities that we have across the United States, we have a current recidivism rate of 80%. So mm. even when we are rescuing these kids, they're ending up back in the hands of their traffickers because we just don't have a solution to the problem here in the United States today. Um, 
As far as why we should care at work, I think that what employers need to realize is that the um, number one, the highest time during the day that a child or really anybody is purchased for sex is 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So most buyers are actually purchasing um, sex on uh, company time. Oh, wow. So if they're aware of that, what are some things that you would, I mean, is there is there a recommendation or how are companies becoming aware of that? Sure. No. There's different companies that are responding in a in a variety of ways. One would be adopting a human um, trafficking policy into their HR handbook. That's just a really good way of saying, hey, we are paying attention to this. We're looking at what you're doing on your computer. We're paying attention to the websites that you're visiting. Um, there's, I want to say it's around 60, over 60% of victims say that they actually have visited a buyer on company property. And so it's saying like, hey, this is a problem in our um, culture today. And so as such, we are, we are alerting you to the fact that we know that this is a problem and that we're going to do what we can to address it and it's reason for dismissal. So I want to, I want to just ask one more qu- clarifying question on that, because I think this is, this is, probably perking a lot of ears right now. I know when you said to adopt a policy. Human trafficking policy. A human trafficking policy for the purposes of being able to then police it and cause some action to happen Mm -hmm. if they were to be. And I think raising the awareness that somebody's just looking, hopefully they're they're not going to... um, be doing that. All right. So we're talking with Brittany Dunn today from the Safe House Project. Check it out online, safehouseproject.org. All right. So there's 300,000 kids. You've, you've already said some startling things. Mm-hmm. 300,000 kids that are stuck right now in and being victimized by sex trafficking of children. Sure. Right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And every day there's probably new ones adding. You said that only 1%. And, and let me just talk to the I work, for, I work for him audience for a second. We're talking about this today because this is something, this is a workplace <clears throat> that is destroying children and it's mm-hmm. destroying adults at the same time. Right. I mean, this is a destroy something that is destroying a lot of people. It really is. And I think that's one of the things we really want our listeners to become aware of topics that are relevant to their um, environment. And mm-hmm. you just, you know, made one really good case for why we would talk about it in the workplace. You said that only 1% get rest- uh, restorative or that are rescued. Only 1% are rescued. Rescued. Yeah. Okay. What happens to the other 99%? And yes, I know this is going to be something we don't want to talk about, but I hate to even hear it. So if 1% are rescued, what happens to the other 99%? So today, 40% um, will be trafficked by a family member, and a lot of them will Mm -hmm. never be rescued because it can be hidden behind closed doors very easily, which is the reason that especially those who work in our schools um, as counselors, as coaches, need to be very aware of the science because they are really the first line of defense for these kids. It's um, understanding the the key signs that they might know something's wrong or if a child is acting um, like they really just don't want to go home at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's taking the question and probing a little bit further. Uh, Rain says that one in nine children will be sexually abused by an adult before the age of 18. So we have created a very vulnerable population within our communities, and those children are very susceptible. 
and accessible to predators. And so when you have a vulnerable youth who has been sexually abused or sexually groomed from a very young age, it is very easy for a trafficker to identify and convert them later on. The other thing that we have in our hands is everybody was giving, given a recording device just over a de decade ago through a smartphone. And so now you took the age-old issue of child abuse and sexual abuse, or of sexual abuse. Which um, has been around for centuries and centuries. It's exactly. documented in the, the Old Bible. Testament. I yeah. know. We could go back to Joshua mm -hmm. and everywhere else throughout it and see it. Mm -hmm. But we gave everybody a recording device. And so now people are um, recording these acts with children and distributing them as child pornography for financial gain. And so that's one of the reasons that we've seen this huge uptick, even just in the past decade, of the number of kids involved. Um, so it's definitely an issue that people need to be aware of and respond to. The 1% that you... Um, that you questioned or had a question Got about. rescued. Yep. Yeah, so 1% are rescued. Today, there are less than 100 beds in restorative care facilities for children across the entire United States. A restorative care program is a 9 to 12 month program. So 100, less than 100 beds. Mm. In the country. In the country. 300,000 American children total and approximately 1% rescued. So even if we just use the 1% rescued, we right. still don't have a solution at the end 000. of the day. Mm -hmm. So these children are ending up in juvenile detention, mental institutions, or foster care families if they cannot go back to their home. And none of those are equipped to deal with the complex trauma yeah. that these kids have endured. It's not fair to ask those institutions to respond to complex PTSD, to um, Stockholm syndrome, trauma bonding, um, alcohol addiction, drug addiction—like it's going to come through in a myriad of ways, and that is really detrimental. It's a public safety crisis at this point. Mm. Three hundred thousand kids and only a hundred beds available designed for proper restorative care for kids who've been trafficked. Hey, we're talking with Brittany Dunn today, right here in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, about the Safe House Project. Check it out online, safehouseproject.org, safehouseproject.org. You can help. This is a plague on our country. You know, you, you look back in the Old Testament how Manasseh, as the king, was sacrificing children in the fire, and, and, the, and the kingdom of Israel had gone down such a deep, deep, deep slope and and that's where our country is. And why do we think our country is any different than Israel, which got disbanded and spread out all over Babylon and all across the world through Assyria? Why do we think our country is any better when we are sacrificing our children, not only in abortion, which we've talked about a lot on the show, but also in, in sex trafficking of our children? So, Brittany, as we talk about, so there's 1% of rescue, but yet there's really no place for them to go to get help. And the only healing that can truly come for them comes through Jesus because no psychobabble healing is really going to heal these kids. These kids need to be miraculously healed because there's a lot of damage done, isn't that true? I mean, yes. There, <laughs> I mean, these kids need healing at, in every level. When you look at the 40 most common traumas that an adult or anybody could experience in their lifetime, the average person might experience a handful of them. Even your sexual assault victims maybe experience seven to 10 of those. These kids will experience anywhere from 25 to 30 of those most common 40 mm. because they're just going to witness things that you would not have you know, been subject to if you weren't involved in an illegal industry. Um, 
if we do not solve this problem, it is expected to overtake drugs as the number one illegal industry in America in two years. Wow. So it's expanding that fast. That fast. It's a $99 billion industry around the world just for sex trafficking. Human trafficking is a $150 billion industry. And if we could stop the demand then we wouldn't have a problem. I mean, because really mm-hmm. the issue with this is that the de- demand keeps growing and growing and growing. So it's, it's being fueled, fueled by pornography addictions and other addictions. I mean, that's what's fueling this. Right. So, and Jesus is really the only solution to any of this. Mm-hmm. 55% right. of <laughs> child pornography now originates out of the United States for the, um, that's consumed globally. And um, I think it was Pornhub last... 55% of child pornography originates in this country. Yes. Which is when, when I tell people that Revelation 18, I believe it's talking about the United States, where we spread our evils across the globe and disappear in one day as the smoke is rising from our, our country. I mean, we, we've spread. That's a horrible thing to be known for. Right. So when we come back, I want to talk about how do we notice? How do we recognize? What are some of those things, those signs that we can see? And I want to talk about how, how can we fix this? How do we take 100 beds to make it a, 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 a 10,000 beds? And what do we do? How does the Safe House Project grow? I know we can't talk about where they are because that would be defeatist, but how do we multiply this effort? Can we do that when we come back? I would love that. All right, you're listening to I Work For Him as we're talking today with Brittany Dunn from the Safe House Project, safehouseproject.org, safehouseproject.org. Martha. Well, I just want to, um, one thing, we've mentioned the website several times, safehouseproject.org, and I want to encourage our listeners to take some time. I, if you're like me right now, you're kind of feeling overwhelmed with all of this information that is disheartening mm-hmm. and then thinking, well, what can I possibly do? And Brittany, you shared that, you know, one thing that companies can do just for instance is to create a policy, an HR policy um, against, you know, having the um, ability, what did you call it? A sex trafficking policy? Human trafficking trafficking Mm -hmm. policy. And so I want to let our listeners know that there are resources on this website, safehouseproject.org. Go there and check it out, not only for maybe some of the statistics that we've been talking about, um, but then to find some ways that you can make a difference, whether it's in your own company to just put up protections um, and make it so that it is something that can be enforceable within the organization, um, or just to learn more about what you possibly can do in your area of the world because it, it takes all of us to help make a difference, doesn't it, Brittany? Absolutely. I mean, this is an issue that will only be solved by the collective. I often get asked, Uh-oh, is like, there's a Star Trek term. A co- the, the collective. collective. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. I've never seen it. That's See, sad. they didn't. That's Sorry. just very sad. That's it's okay. Sad. It's Star Wars or Star Trek? Star well, Star Trek. Trek. Oh, yeah, Star I don't Trek. think I've studied Star Trek. <laughs> That's just sad. But yes, it takes <laughs> all of us to, please, to make a difference. Please don't call into the listen line and complain that, I, complain that I brought on, I guess, that has never even heard of Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> I've heard of it. I just haven't okay. right. So it takes, oh. a, it, takes, it takes a community. I mean, it takes, I mean, really, this is, a, this is an issue because as Jesus followers, we're supposed to be passionate about, I mean, Jesus said, hey, whatever you do unto the least to these, you do mm-hmm. unto me. And this is a project that, that, or this is an issue that pornography, adultery, human trafficking, child trafficking, that is largely ignored within the church and almost never talked about. Right. So how do we solve that problem now? But before you go on with that, I just have one more thing for our listeners. As far as 
maybe somebody's listening and they're they're consuming in this industry and they're very convicted right now and saying, you know, I didn't, I I know that I need to get some help. I just want to encourage them to reach out and and get some help and and really try to make a difference in their own life because we can't be helping everybody else if we're not um, taking care of things here. So they're, you know, very likely somebody out there is listening today and um, is hearing this and feeling very uncomfortable right now. And um, we just want you to know that there is... Okay. So got to be help out there. So we got, we got some things we need to cover. So we need to cover what are the signs when somebody's getting trafficked. Mm-hmm. And um, we, need to, we need to talk about how do we multiply the number of beds from 100 beds in the entire country for 300,000 kids that are being yeah. trafficked. And then what if somebody's listening and they're addicted to child pornography? Where do they even go for that? So we'll, we'll ask those questions. But let's talk about the signs. What are some of the signs that, I mean, that our listeners should be aware of if somebody is being trafficked? So I think there's obviously going to be differences at each age. And so I would definitely recommend going to our website and understanding how to have age appropriate conversations with your kids because grooming behaviors, we've seen kids as young as two years old being Mm. groomed. So you can't necessarily use the same, um, you can't, the same indicators aren't going to be true at two as they are at 16. And so you really need to understand the demographic that you're um, dealing with. And also like, this is an issue that is uh, made its way into every, um, into the fabric of our society. And it's in every socioeconomic class, every race, every religion. And so it's also whatever lens that you're looking at the world Mm. through, you need to apply a degree of that. With that said, the key indicators as a in the so the average age of entry is 12 years old so let's deal we'll take that one because that's where the biggest chunk will be um what we're seeing a huge um propensity of is one peer-to-peer trafficking through the schools and so kids are recruiting other kids and that will be through saying hey we i have this older boyfriend and he will give you handbags and all these nice things if you just do x y and z for them and it'll start out with something small and then they begins to grow Um, Our kids are facing a blackmail culture. And so what that can look like is going to that party that you're not supposed to be at and um, getting your drug or your drink drugged and then having suggestive photos taken of you Mm -hmm. or engaging in something that you really did not intend to. But then it's these kids are being blackmailed into this. They're being said, if you don't want this distributed then you are going to have to do this for me or to get these photos back or to do Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I think one of the biggest things is if your kids are coming home from something or that next morning after they've been out during the weekend and they just seem really off, it's having a hard conversation with them. It's going a little bit further. It's not like diving right into the, oh, you are really late past curfew. And there are times we all know we've been late past curfew and it's mm-hmm. just, there's punishment and consequences on the other side of that. But if our parents some, listen to the show, we can't talk about I that. Know. <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's, it's taking that step to say, is this a normal reaction to a situation of them getting in trouble or does it feel like there's something more here yeah. and starting to see if there's a flat mood, if they, um, if they're really acting out, um, very regularly when they used to be that straight A student. It's going to mm. be that huge shift in behavior and mood. 
Um, it might be that presence of an older boyfriend who we get um, this Romeo pimp idea where they're like, oh, well, you're going to um, you're going to do this for our future. You're going to engage in this so that we can start building our nest egg. And then when you turn 18, you can leave your parents. Mm-hmm. And we've already had, you know, we have this great setup there. This we're financially set up to mm-hmm. go off on our own. Um, so I would say that's part of it from a teacher's perspective. I would say, especially at the younger age, the kids that just do not want to go home that are, you know, just almost to the point where it's daily. You can tell, mm. um, one of the survivors that we have had the pleasure of interacting with is she always said, I used to fall asleep on my table every day and everybody chalked that up to me being so exhausted from playing outside And she goes, the reality is that my uncle was trafficking me every night and I didn't sleep. And I would, I mean, some of these kids are trafficked up to 40 times a day by a family member. And so they're not sleeping at night. And so if they're falling asleep every day at school, it may not be because they really just don't care. Mm -hmm. There's something else going on. Um, our healthcare providers, and all of this can be found on our website as well, and there's other great resources for it, but healthcare providers especially need to be very attuned to multiple miscarriages, young pregnancy, um, inconsistencies in stories, um, children who are coming in just very sexually active at a very young age when it doesn't even seem like it should be possible mm-hmm. almost yeah mm-hmm. so I just want to remind our listeners that a lot of the things you're talking about here they can go to your website to find out more or to um, get more educated in that safehouseproject.org and we're talking today with Brittany Dunn and she is on staff at the Safe House Project as the um, uh, you're the chief development chief officer. development officer is that what you said yeah. yes very good so and We just um, are so thankful that you guys are doing this, that you have this ministry, um, and that you're sharing with us some of the details, because we believe in the workplace, this conversation needs to be happening. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people, their lives are being touched by this, either on they have someone missing, or it's under their nose and they don't know it. You know, and I want to make sure that, because the natural tendency is to think of young girls, young ladies being the victims of sex trafficking. That is no longer just the case. Mm -hmm. Yet a lot of the examples you've used have been young ladies. Mm -hmm. But this is happening to boys and young men. Yes. It's the stats are different in different parts of the country. And so I'm like, I could say there's areas where we've seen as high as 50, 50 between boys and girls. Oh my. Um, and then there's other areas that we're still seeing, you know, more around the traditional 90, 95 to five to 10%. It just depends on the, but I think what people need to realize is that the racial makeup of the victims, the age makeup of the victims, gender, all of that, it's based on what the buyers want. And so most traffickers will say, yeah, it's like having a portfolio of goods. And so they are going to have things that represent all the different types of people that these buyers could potentially want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've, we've talked about some of the signs, some of the symptoms, but one of the biggest issues is let's just say that you're able to identify one of these kids. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to take them in order for them to get restorative care, which that's a big word, but in order to get help, right? true help, spiritual, mental, physical, emotional healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which really can only come from Christ. So uh, there's only 100 beds, you said, in the country mm-hmm. of that are specifically designed to help kids in this area. Correct. Yet there's 300,000 kids that are being trafficked. 
how what are you what what's the what's the safe house project doing to try to multiply this because that's sure. a huge issue so we feel uniquely um, called by God because we are military spouses that run this organization. And mm. so we are not intended to be providers. We are not intended to open up a restorative care house. But what God has uniquely given us is an opportunity to move around the country every few years mm -hmm. with our military service member. And we have had... Um, We've built up networks all over this country. We have pockets of people that we are called dear friends throughout this entire nation. And so what that gave us the opportunity to do um, over the past two years is start to build out fundraising events that go toward helping the providers who are in this space across the United States. And so really that's what we are. We are a mass market fundraising um, organization and we aggregate all the funds at a national level and then we disperse them out to the providers through a grant application process. The beauty of this is that uh, there is nobody else in the national space who is um, giving back to the domestic players. There are great organizations, but they send a lot of majority of their funds overseas. And so this is really new in that we don't have anybody else that is out there um, providing those funds to our domestic partners. And so what we do is, as I said, we have various types of mass market events, which allow us to uh, do preventative education. It allows us to build awareness about the issue, to help educate more people mm -hmm. on what's happening and the realities. But the um, funds that we raise through that, we invest back into our communities. And we just do that throughout the United States. So what does that investment look like? I, I think that's what I want to I hear really quickly. And then we'll, sure. we'll tackle it in the last segment. What is that? I mean, if somebody is making an, an, an investment in the Safe House Project, yeah. how is that How's that investment getting made in a community locally? Yeah, no, that's great. So basically, when a donation is made to Safe House Project, we um, use it to put on the event, but we are able to multiply those funds out because the, fu the um, effect of a fundraising um, event is that we can... Um, multiply those dollars. And mm -hmm. so that $1, let's say, is multiplied out usually three to five times. And so we're able to then go in and support somebody who's involved in the rescue operation, somebody who's running more of like that assessment house and helping um, with emergency care, and then also the restorative care space. So you're being able to provide these kids through the continuum of care in which they're receiving. We're talking with Brittany Dunn from the Safe House Project. Really want you to check it out online safehouseproject.org safehouseproject.org this is all about we're talking about child trafficking child sex trafficking this is a, an unbelievable plague on our society and as Brittany, Brittany has said in the last 45 minutes of the show that there's 300,000 children right now in this country being sexually trafficked every day yet if they get rescued from sexual trafficking there's only one only one percent of them ever get rescued and of those one percent which that would be 3,000 for those of you math geniuses only less than one one hundredth of a percent actually have a place they can go to get healing, to get counseling, to get restorative care, to help bring them back. I mean, to introduce them to Christ, who the only healer that can really heal. There's, there's people that you can lose an arm, you can use, lose a leg, and that's, that will damage your psyche. When you get sexually abused and then taken that to a thousand levels sexually trafficked, that kind of trauma can only be healed by God. And so, Brittany, you were telling us earlier, there's, there's only a hundred beds in this country. Yeah. I mean, 
how do we solve this problem? We need to we need to multiply that number. Absolutely. No, we couldn't agree more. And that really is where we feel passionate about um, responding and meeting the deepest need in the fight against human trafficking or sex trafficking here in the United States is that we need to increase capacity. We need to increase our tents. And so that's where we feel like God is calling us to. So to do that, uh, we partner with a few different organizations who have um, a curriculum or an institute, basically, that will allow us to onboard new organizations with while being mentored by those who are already established by having um, some of those foundational pieces laid out for them so that they aren't having to learn this right. as they are just moving into it for the first time. It's giving them that strong foundation in order to be successful, and it's allowing us to accelerate the timeline for them to open. So really what that is, is us coming alongside them as they move through one of these education programs with some of the seed funding, allowing them to get their doors open quicker, and then um, providing them with um, like a pay for success model, showing as they hit certain milestones that then they are dispersed out other funds in order to um, grow and be sustainable agents of change within their community. You know, so that really resonates, I know, with Jim and I, because we believe that God says, don't keep reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Somebody's already done this. And so that's what you're saying. You ha- right. you guys have a lot of the background, the research, the tools, the um, ability to educate, and even many people that are, that are working on the funding side of things. And so um, if this is creating any sort of interest for listeners resonating with them them. either they're already trying to do something but they aren't making traction Um, we want to make sure that our listeners knew about this and so they can go to safehouseproject.org and get connected and learn more about using a lot of what you have been talking about Brittany. so Brittany, i mean there's so there's players around the country that actually want to help solve this problem this is not just a safe safe house project you guys aren't running alone on this no there's no way that we should run alone on this this is i know there's no way you should (laughs) but we're not (laughs) okay because the reality is is these traffickers are networked that's allowed them to thrive and be successful um under operating in the darkness for so long in America. And so if we continue to try and solve this issue as isolated local entities, then it's a hard battle. It's not an easy fight. Mm-hmm. And you f- you will get worn down. And what we need is that everybody feel connected to a, um, to one another to support each other during those rough moments in it. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. beautiful is when you really establish a network, it reinforces the power of what we are doing together. Mm-hmm. It also allows that if you have a child, you, if you don't have any space in your facility, is that you, we have a referral network where then those kids can be transferred to where there is space. And so um, it's really bringing people together and showing them the power that um, comes from everybody working together to solve this issue on a national scale. You're talking about kids who have lived a hopeless life. Mm-hmm. You're talking about kids who have been, I mean, all hope, all dignity, everything has been, t- it's been stolen from them. Yeah. Talk about the, you know, so let me just ask the question I told you I was going to ask. Okay. <laughs> if somebody out there is connected to a corporate sponsor that could come in and give you guys a million dollar grant or $2 million grant. Are you guys prepared to put that money into action or is that something you'd have to ramp up for? No, we're prepared to put it into action. We have a network of partners. We have the framework for moving or for putting people into um, these courses and to start scaling them up. And we have a coalition of partners around the country that are in desperate need. It's very hard to be a local player um, and 
be separate from those large funding sources because they're only solving for their community. And so there's a lot of those corporations that just can't even consider just giving to one individual entity. And so this allows them to come in and donate at a national level, knowing that those um, funds will be dispersed out throughout the country and that they'll see um, an impact on that national scale. Uh, And then the other beautiful thing in that regard is that um, we can leverage those funds to ensure that they're going where the deepest need is at that time. And Mm -hmm. so there is, uh, the donor doesn't have to spend all of their time, you know, going in and data mining and learning about a million organizations trying to figure out where's the best place. Um, There's a level of oversight. So listeners, I know if you're like me, you've been very impressed by the fact that you guys really seem to have your act together. And um, I want our listeners to know that as we're talking with Brittany Dunn from the safehouseproject.org, this is a place where you can see a difference being made and that it can be multiplied very quickly because all of that infrastructure, like you said, is in place. So um, we're just wanting to share this resource. You're very collaborative, which um, we, we believe in. The kingdom is being together. And you, you made some really great points. Instead of being isolated in local entities, you're giving them a place where they can feel connected on a national level mm-hmm. and what what how that empowers people to feel that much stronger towards this overwhelming um, goal that's out there of rescuing all these kids and really restoring them. I love the word restoring, Jim, Mm -hmm. because I think that speaks. I thought restorative was restorative. Of course. Okay. So, you know, your workplace is, uh, it's a direct battle line with the enemy every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about taking on the mob at a kingdom spiritual level kind of thing. I mean, really, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, because because when the enemy can can destroy an, a human's psyche like this, that for them to actually find Christ is it's much much harder because he <laughs> he blocks them from any of that stuff. So you have a frontline battlefield job, uh, which is which just makes it tougher. Are there days where you're like that, that it feels hopeless? That it feels like you're fighting a, a, a tidal wave? I don't think it feels hopeless in the fact that God is good and Mm -hmm. he shows up every day and that as long as you are looking for the miracle, he's there to show you his faithfulness. It's not always going to be the parting of the Red Sea, but it doesn't have to be every day. And so it's really finding the miracles in those individual moments. And then that pushes you through like those are your Ebenezer stones as you moved through the challenges of these of that work and being living life on mission, whatever that looks like for you. So tell our listeners how they can get involved either locally, nationally, nationally, if this is something that they just want to say, what's next, what can I do? Sure. So Hamden Roads, we have a lot of opportunities since we um, were founded here, Mm -hmm. even though we're a national organization. So check out our Facebook page. There's events all year round to get involved with. Um, Our website has it as well, but Facebook will be consistently pushing our Instagram. Um, on a national scale, we continue to have other opportunities, benefit concerts, um, five half marathon and 5Ks. Uh, we have different leadership teams in different cities around the U.S. and they can start uh, that are engaging to um, orchestrate their own events. And that's a huge way that people can get involved. Obviously, donating is huge. We can't do the work that we do without the donor, the generous donations of those support that support us. Um, Forty dollars a month 
will provide a safe night for a child. And so really, you know, we do everything that we can to limit our overhead and to put as much money back toward those who are doing the incredible work. Um, but we truly know that we're not a pass through of funds that we use that and we multiply the fun- funds out. We take your loaves and fishes and let God do the work and see, um, how incredible he is, it feels like on a daily mm-hmm. basis to take that and multiply it. So um, that is a great way to get involved. And then if you are a business owner or would like to get involved with corporate sponsorships on a local scale or on a national scale, that's great. And if there's not a safe house in your community and you feel called and you're feeling like, wow, maybe this is where I'm supposed to lean in and do something else, just reach out. We are happy to have these conversations and network people together around the country and see how we can really bring people together because the tides are only going to change when everybody chooses to get involved because this is not something about Safe House Project or about Brittany. It's about every single person caring enough about these kids to say that we're done. We're going to see modern-day slavery abolished in America. Amen. Mm. Brittany Dunn with Safe House Project. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Safehouseproject.org, safehouseproject.org. We'd love for you to just wake up along with us to the just get an awareness of what's going on in the community around you. This is happening in every city in our country. This is this is something that the church needs to step up and do something about. We need to end child self this child sex trafficking. We need to do it right now. That's right. And so we just um, check out their website, safehouseproject.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.